Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a great one for you. This is a little bit special. We've actually got two people on. It's BitDealer and Quant Fiction. They are two members of the infamous trading group PDF. They're here together to talk about market science. They're also going to be talking about how you can use statistics to improve your trading. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff, actually. But before we do, I do just want to take care of a few things. Uh, The first is that this is actually our first video interview. So the guys are going to be... The guys are going to be sharing their screen a lot. And uh, if you're listening to this on one of the major podcasting platforms, I highly suggest heading over to YouTube so you can follow along as we're talking about these different charts, graphs, statistics, etc. There is a link in the description below to the YouTube channel. So head on over if you can. Also, I do just want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors. First is Roundly X. You guys know the deal. I've been using them for close to two months now, and I've been loving it. How it works is you link your credit or debit cards, and with each purchase, they round it up to the next dollar and invest that spare change into Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency of your choosing. I've been slowly accumulating Zcash. You can choose whatever you want. It's very easy to use, very stress-free, great way to dollar cost average. It's kind of like the acorns of crypto. So if you haven't created an account yet and you want to, there's a link in the description below. Head on over, link your cards, start dollar cost averaging today. And second is CoinFlex. I've been trading on the exchange for a little over a month now. uh, And they've got some of the stuff that I've been talking about every single episode. They've got some of the lowest, if not the lowest fees in the market, depending on how much flex you own. On top of that, you can now stake your flex for $10 USDT per thousand flex per month. I actually just got my second payout not too long ago. It's been going phenomenally. Uh, And then the most important thing is that they've got these bracket order competitions up and running. If you haven't signed up already, you're missing out. They're giving away $10,000 a day and you can have your share of that if you head on over create an account and join one of these competitions and if you're thinking you know i'm not a great trader i'm not going to place in these competitions they're actually primarily based on volume so you don't need to be the world's best trader to place near the top in these competitions so again there's a link in the description below head on over create an account check out the site and get ready to participate in one of these competitions Perfect. Okay, so I am sitting down with not one, but two PDF members. It's a very special day. I'm here with Yeah, I'm here with Bit Dealer and Quant Fiction. I've had both of you guys on before, so we're not gonna do the normal intro, you know, what's your background. If anyone wants to hear those episodes, there will be a link in the description below. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Can you just talk to us about what you guys have created what is market science why'd you create it who's it for that kind of thing yeah sure so i mean 
me and bit dealer were kind of going back and forth for a while and just discussing strategies and statistics and edges in the market and bit had a journal that he was running and a lot of the members of it didn't have like a good grasp of objective analysis or any way of using stats and so we just came up with uh, we thought it was a market need and something that people would find valuable and so we decided to provide a service to deliver uh, insights to traders about objective edges in the market right on so how's it like i i just want to kind of get you know your thought process you've you've kind of seen that there was a need for it um what's it like been what's it been like sorry uh getting this all up and running like uh the workload working together that kind of thing um yeah i'll go ahead and cover this it's you know it's been pretty a pretty big task to handle all of this but the good part about a lot of the stuff that we built is that it's automated so like a lot of the work that we had to put in uh, we won't necessarily have to do so much of it in the future and it also allows us to kind of get more content out to our subscribers without having to put in all the extra work all the time. So besides like website updates and whenever we do new studies or investigations, most of that stuff, like I said, has already been covered. So, you know, the workload is not as bad now that we have most of it up and going. There we go. Okay, so can you now walk us through, I guess, some of the stuff that you guys provide? So I'm looking at this screen right here. Um, so can you walk us, can you go a little bit more in depth on kind of some of the stuff that you're providing for the members of this service? Yeah, definitely. So what we, what we wanted to do is show the inefficiencies that exist in the market and any way that traders could take advantage of it. And so just in our individual studies and a lot of the things that I've put out on Twitter um, or in my blogs, I just wanted to summarize that, aggregate it in one place and then have it available for people on a daily basis. So not to, not to just shill the project in general, I'm happy to just talk about sort of our thought process just for traders. And so the things that we grouped it into um, our seasonal effects, which are things that happen on given days of the week or times of the year. And then intraday effects, which in that same vein are different anomalies in the market uh, during different times of the day. So you'll see different levels of activity during weekdays versus weekends and also during the various trading sessions. So uh, the American and European session, that overlap period is the more active period you'll see more volume, more volatility during that time. And um, generally a little choppier during that time as well. Uh, it doesn't trend as well. And then after the seasonal and intraday effects, just daily effects. So based on current market conditions, and that could just be using the amount of volume that's coming to the market, how volatile the market's been in recent, uh, like the recent past, and then the trend of the market so if it's up or down and then a few different patterns that we look for that are all laid out in the daily reports that we have and then something cool that i think we also look at is the fractals so i mean the word gets tossed around on ct a decent amount 
But just to boil it down, what we're looking for is times in the past when price action resembled what it's doing right now. And then you can look forward for a few periods and see what happened. So generally, I mean, there's, there's some noise. It's not like there's nothing easy in the market, but you can get a grasp of like a probability distribution of what you think is going to happen in the near future based on what similar conditions uh, played out in the past. And so you guys, you guys have a lot that you're offering. You're, you're providing a lot of high quality information. Um, I'm looking up at the top tabs there, this daily report. Is that something you're putting out daily or is this? That is correct. Yeah, okay. that, it's, it's issued to market science subscribers every day at the close. And I mean, this is something that we use in our own trading as well. So, I mean, it's not just a product, half of it yeah. is just kind of organizing everything for my own personal use. And then from there, just get it out to people who also find it valuable. There we go. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to kind of walk my audience through everything that you guys provide, how often they'll be getting information, uh, because I feel like not a lot of people are kind of looking at these statistics and, you know, large data sets in the market and kind of putting it into a cons clear, concise package. Uh, so I feel like this is something that's going to get a lot of people hyped. Um, one quick question I do have, I'm not, you know, I, I studied, I did a little bit of stats in college. Um, but my question would be, you know, there's only a little over 10 years of data for this stuff, if you can find data that far back. So does this really speak to anything that you can use in your day-to-day -day trading? Do you want to take this bit? Um, as far as the 10 years of data, I would say that crypto kind of, uh, we have, we go through market size, market size, excuse me, a lot quicker in crypto than, you know, traditional markets. So I think the 10 years of data um, is something you can work with for sure. And like with our daily report, basically it gets updated every single day at the daily open. So it's all relative to the current market conditions. So I think that um, it's definitely useful for people that, you know, are trading intraday or are day traders as well. Um, yeah, I hope that answered about the 10 years. I would say like, I, like since we go through those market cycles a lot quicker, yeah, I just think that the 10 years um, is good enough for some of the studies that we've been doing. There we go. Okay, yeah, just, I, I can't remember which one of you guys I was talking to, uh, but we talked about, I think it was around Thanksgiving, I believe, and uh, we talked about, oh, what has Bitcoin done the last nine years of Thanksgiving? And we kind of joked about how you can't really draw any conclusions from nine data points. <clears throat> Uh, so I kind of just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that. If you guys are looking at like how far back you're going, how much data is actually going into this, if you can kind of extrapolate going forward. Um, but it sounds like you guys have a handle on it. You guys think that there is enough quant, anything else that I'm maybe missing here? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of expound on that um, for one. So you can look at the daily frequency. I mean, there's like a, a, there's a, obviously 365 days in a year. So 10 years, you're looking at like not even 4,000 data points. But if you take that down to one minute bars or even lower, there's, you know, 
over 1400 one minute bars in a day. Yeah. Um, so you just take that down. So there's more data points there. And like what Bit was saying, I mean, if you look at equities, our cycles take, I mean, we've been in a bull run for 10 years now. <laughs> right. And God knows when the next one will come. I've been waiting for a correction since like 2015 there. Same, since so, I graduated uh, I mean, college. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, just between 2017 and now, there's been, you know, a handful of major bull and bear cycles. So, I mean, most of the research that we do, or most of the studies that we publish, are using data mainly from 2017 on. There we um, go. And the reasoning for that is I think the current market regime is dominated more by derivatives trading. It seems like with the growth of BitMEX and then its associated exchanges. So now I think there's probably seven or eight liquid futures exchanges. Uh, I think that the dynamics of that market are a lot different than the spot dominated markets that came before it. So uh, I think there's more than enough, honestly. And then, I mean, you have to take into account your sample size, any statistical testing you're doing, but the patterns that we found play out frequently enough and deviate from randomness sufficiently to say that I think the sample size is solid. There we go. Okay, cool. I just wanted to kind of, you know, let my audience be rest assured that you guys are actually, you know, you guys actually know what you're talking about. Uh, you're, the, you're the experts of this episode, so I got to kind of grill you. Um, so, okay, that's kind of the rundown of what market science is. Now, do you think you could walk us through one of these daily reports? Because uh, you guys know that I like to kind of teach my audience something every single episode. So do you mind running us through one of the daily reports, kind of teaching my audience something, dropping a little bit of that quote unquote free alpha that you guys are always <laughs> talking about? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and go over some of the daily report. So you'll see at the top, we have a few market statistics looking at relative volume and volatility. Uh, we could basically use these um, stats to kind of um, expect, or it's a good sign to expect when we're going to get trending days versus, you know, choppy days. So relatively high values could indicate that, you know, we had a big breakout day and we may be expecting you know, a chop day coming up soon. So, uh, you know, we do have an appendix at the end of the daily report, uh, not on the sample report, but we do have one that kind of explains everything that we use in the daily report itself. But if you scroll down, um, then we kind of have some, just the raw values of volume and volatility. And then we have a projected range using a few different statistics to kind of estimate the next day's range. So you can get a good idea of any moves that are overextended and just get an idea of where we're gonna trade inside for that day. Um, so that's been pretty useful using that projected range. And then we have some key levels such as the weekly, daily, monthly open. We have the VWAP, monthly and weekly, uh, swing high, swing low, and the daily point of control. So these are just key levels that a lot of price action traders use as well. Uh, I've been using, you know, the high time frame opens in my trading for quite a while now. And then we just kind of have the distance that price has opened up away from that level. And then the probability of that level getting retested within the next 24 hours. And then below that, we kind of have some active signals and patterns. So these show 
all of these are true as of the daily open. And then we kind of give a uh, statistical back test right there next to it. And so basically, if you go through this daily report, we have a way to kind of predict day type. So trending or chopping days. Um, so day type, the day's range, and then we get a directional bias. So you have a pretty good idea um, of how to you know, attack the day with a good daily plan, which I think has been really useful. And you know, I've been trading with this for the past uh, month and a half or so since we started market science. And honestly, this has been one of my best trading years already. So I don't know if I want to credit or if you know, I could credit the daily report for that, but it seriously has been like a huge impact on my trading. You guys provide so much info and it's just in one nice, neat little package. Uh, it's kind of unreal to me and I can see why your trading has very much improved. Uh, do you mind if we keep scrolling through if there's anything else that we haven't seen yet? Um, oh, yeah. That we can so maybe expand like, on? Sure. This is, I mean, this is one of the cooler features, I think. Yeah. For sure. um, so this is like the next section on this report is the fractals section or historical analogs or whatever you want to call it. And what it does is show a recent snapshot of price action and uh, both high time frame and low time frame frequencies. And it lays out the, the market structure. You can see in just uh, like a basic candlestick chart. If viewers who aren't seeing this on video, I'll try and describe it. Basically you have the recent past uh, like the past 30 days or so and the market structure there just laid out on a bare candlestick chart. And then what it does is goes through all the price history that we have available to us and look for periods where similar price action structures existed and then shows the next few days afterwards. And so what that allows you to do, um, like currently I'm looking at this and uh, for the next, like there's six scenarios that match that have similar price action to what we just experienced. And in the coming 24-hour period after those historical snapshots, four were positive, two were negative. Um, so I wouldn't ascribe a ton of importance to that. But if you have, say, six out of six instances where they were all significantly positive, say 2% or more over the next day, and I, I mean, I'm no price action market structure guy, but if you judge it to look relatively similar, which where you say, yeah, that's the same pattern, uh, that could give you some confidence uh, in placing a trade in one direction or another, because as Bidular has brought to my attention, he has a lot more screen time than I do. And, uh, <laughs> just notes that these patterns just play out over and over again. Like you can just watch them set up almost the same exact way um, because I think crypto more than anything is just a almost purely speculative market and you just have human emotions and behavior playing out the same way over and over again. <laughs> and so the next section, uh, just Bef before we move on, sorry, I just want to say, you know, if anyone's still listening to this, I'm going to have an intro saying head on over to YouTube. If anyone's still listening to this on just a podcasting platform, head on over to YouTube. There will be a link in the description. Uh, you need to see some of this stuff. It's crazy. This, these are cheat codes, in my opinion. Like It's unreal <laughs> what you guys are putting together. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Um, 
it's unreal. We didn't set out with the intention to take money from people by any means. Like I, I really think it's pretty valuable. It's been valuable to us personally. So I would imagine others would gain from it as well. Yeah, and, no, uh, no doubt. I mean, like it, it's stuff like this where you can pay a little bit of money and the value it brings is just so much greater than that. But since you are selling it to a good number of people, it's kind of a win-win for both parties, uh, which is what I love about having entrepreneurs on the show. Um, so sorry to cut you off there. We can continue going down it. I'm, I'm just at a loss for words here, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so basically after that, uh, you can just compare them visually as long as everything checks out. Um, you can see historically like where those days played out so i mean right now it looks like the current market conditions that we have everything that hit so far is on the run-up in 2017 so that just by itself kind of sticks out to me like 2017 was a historic year in bitcoin's history so i mean for everything to come up 2017 that should just speak volumes by itself and then Again, like there's a one outlier data point that happened like at a local top in July. So again, you can't, none, it's, nothing's black and white here, but like if you were to have seven or eight data points that all just popped up at local bottoms or local tops, it's like, okay, maybe that's something I need to take into consideration. And then we do the same thing on a low time frame basis as well. So in addition to daily bars, we also have it set up to capture the last 48 hours of hourly bars and then you can compare the price structures there and if you're again watching on youtube i i'm like no price action trader but <laughs> these look pretty damn close to me yeah and i mean this is we have periods from march of 19 october 2017 june 2018 and october 2019 that all have more or less the same intraday price structure. And in this case, um, pretty much nothing happened the next day, right? I mean, I'm looking at five out of six returns all under 1% that just traded sideways for more or less for the next day. And as we're recording this right now, um, this is the report that was issued 23 hours ago, the daily opens coming up in about an hour and a half. And for the past 24 hours or so, we've literally just traded sideways. Played out almost exactly. <laughs> yeah, as, uh, this chart would lead you to believe. So it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> ideal. Kind of is lining up for you guys perfectly here. Um, I know, right? So, quick question, probably geared towards Bit Dealer a bit more here. How are you finding these four, five, six other charts that are lining up with this one? You know, for those people who are out there who are big on trading fractals, how how do you find these kind of charts that line up? Yeah, so before I was just doing it manually. Wow. Like going to the charts. <laughs> Psychopath. Like, I mean, and honestly, I have a ton of hours of watching the charts. So like if I see a, a price structure that looks similar, I mean, I pretty much have a good idea of where one's already at on a Bitcoin chart. Like you'd be surprised. Pretty much all price action is like you could go back at some point and find a similar pattern. It's like Bitcoin has like a, a stack of patterns that it just flips through over and over again. So it's pretty interesting just being able to see the same kind of patterns play out. Um, but yeah, like I said, I was just looking at them manually, scrolling back through the charts and stuff, but quant 
um, coded this up. Oh shit. Okay. So I geared all, this at the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. So this is all automated now. So, um, yeah, quant may be able to answer that in a little bit more detail since he's the one that actually coded everything. Before we hear from quant, I do just want to give a quick shout out to our third and final sponsor crypto.com. They've got a ton of stuff going on, a ton of cool features, and I just want to touch on two of them today. The first is the MCO Visa credit card that offers 5% cash back on all purchases. It also gets you access to airport lounges, unlimited access to all airport lounges. And on top of that, they will pay for your Netflix and your Spotify. When it comes to perks, this is one of the greatest cards on the market right now, in my opinion. And then not only do these guys let you pay for stuff with your crypto, they let you spend it. They also let you earn it. You can earn up to 6% annually on some of the top coins like Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, uh, and then up to 12% per year on stable coins. So if you're interested in any of this, if you want to go learn more, Head to the description. There's a link down there. It'll take you to the site uh, and you can check out everything that they've got going on. Now let's get back to Quant. Secret sauce. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard with you guys, man. I don't want you spilling too much, but I do want to give my audience Probably something. not going to divulge the there, sauce on this one go. just because like it's, I don't know, a bit of a baby of mine. No, that's totally fair. How about, you know, for my audience, like BitDealer was saying, you can go back and manually find these like he was doing for a while. So... That's good enough there. Yeah, I would say uh, like a tip for that is if you don't already have a folder on your computer of certain price patterns that play out a lot, I recommend just saving those charts on your computer. That way you have that folder and then you'll get really familiar with like different fractals that you see on Bitcoin all the time. So that's something that I did at the beginning that really helped me out. Yeah, this, absolutely. Build yeah, up a playbook. Yeah, this is perfect for me too because the next person that I'm actually having on Brypto uh, Bells. I don't know if any of you guys know her, but um, she's big on trading fractals as well. And last time we talked, I was like, nah, it's all bullshit. Fuck you. Like, this, <laughs> this is a bullshit episode. Uh, but now I get to go back and she gets to tell me off. Yeah. And the thing with fractals is you definitely have to use it as like a, as confluence. Like I wouldn't just trade strictly off a fractal at all. No, but of it definitely not. lines up. If, you know, a few other things on that daily report are hinting at bullish price action. Then, you know, if the fractals are saying the same thing, then it's a good way to expect, you know, some more upside in the next 24 hours. There we go. Perfect. And then is there anything else? It looks like there's a little bit more room. Do you guys have anything else on this? Let's just, uh, there's just an appendix and some documentation go. for people who need a refresher or any, like if there's anything that's not clear about the report itself, it just kind of explains perfect but i think we talked through most of it yeah no you guys did a wonderful job there i really encourage anyone who hasn't jumped on youtube yet to jump on over because uh, it's pretty important stuff uh so before we move on is there anything else that's like that i've missed with regards to these reports that we haven't talked about uh i mean that was just a daily report i could just run through the other ones that we have if you want, yeah, um, let's uh, let's run through. Basically, them. this is just um, like these are available all the time. I don't necessarily go through these every day because they're a little like slower to change. You 
you're only ingesting one more daily data point at a time. So they change pretty slowly. But this is just um, hour by hour, the volume and volatility to show like when market activity picks up, when are more dead hours. So if you're looking to, if you need more liquidity, you might need to trade right at that overlap of the American and European sessions. And then also uh, the hourly performance. So if the market performs better during certain times of the day, like right now, it looks like the market trades down for about nine or 10 hours after the close and then picks back up after that. But what we also do is provide confidence intervals for all of these measurements. So right now, if you're looking at this chart, you can see that uh, there's a 5% and 95% confidence interval. And what that's doing is saying, if this data was all completely random, what are the high and low points that would come out? So if the time of day had no bearing on the returns during that period, what are your upper and lower bounds? And so right now everything's between those. So what it's saying is that none of those are really statistically significant. Like you, I, in my opinion, you probably shouldn't trade off that information alone, if at all, because it could be just an artifact of randomness. You could just be like, it could happen on accident essentially. So that's what you want to be able to see. Whereas with volume, you can see that clearly you have periods above and below these randomness bands. So it's like during the American European session, volume is significantly higher. Yeah. And like overnight during like the low hours of the Asian session, it's significantly lower. So those you can have a little more confidence in. And then we also have what happens around funding intervals because it, it actually gets pretty interesting. So for anyone who doesn't know how BitMEX's funding works, it happens every eight hours exactly on the hour. And so that leads to some pretty interesting effects with people who either stand to receive or pay out funding, wanting to exit or enter positions right before that interval to either pick up some free money or avoid paying those losses. And most of the time, it's pretty, it's a non-event because the funding's so low that it doesn't even justify the trading costs to get in and out around those periods. But when it's sufficiently high where it'll actually pay for your commissions, you see the market react in the five or 10 minutes around those intervals. So it kind of lays out the expected price behavior around that as well. And just a heat map of everything that's happened in the past 100 days or so. And we do the same thing on a day-to-day -day basis as well. I can pull up the daily chart, but if you just replace hours with days of the week, it does more or less the same thing. Okay, there we go. Uh, you're bringing me back to my days of studying stats in college and, oh God. Fond memories, I'm sure. Right? Oh, terrible, terrible memories. I, uh, I think stats was my least favorite of my like three core subjects that I was studying. And uh, most of it was way over my head. Uh, another thing I kind of laughed at there for a second was uh, just a, you know, volatility and volume. Uh, and I, I just think of Glim, who's always complaining about changing or trading Asia hours. And uh, you can yeah, the Aussies <laughs> have it rough, man, on all accounts. There's right. Like every disadvantage in the world. And somehow all of them are just killing it out there in spite of all the odds. So, <laughs> right. I remember, I think, I don't know if it was both of you or just BitDealer, but you guys were talking about 
moving to Australia potentially for a job. Uh, and that sounds like the worst place to move for any kind of trading job, but <laughs> more power to you guys, right? Absolutely. Okay, so last time we talked, uh, each separately, I asked you both, you know, what you're most excited for in the coming 12 months. You now have market science up and running. Uh, so has that changed at all? What are you guys excited for in the next year or so? Um, so a year might be a little hard to predict what's going to happen with market science. But, you know, over the next few months, we definitely have some upgrades and improvements to the, to the actual platform. So we're rolling out a new video series right now. So I'm recording uh, video tutorials on how to use all of these reports and a few different um, tutorials. And then as well, we're going to be doing daily analysis videos. So that's something we're going to introduce here pretty soon, which I'm pretty excited for. And then Quant is working on a performance report. Um, so maybe he might want to talk about that a little bit. Please. Okay. Yeah, this is, this has been a project of mine for a little while here. And so I'm really excited to get it up and running, but it is essentially, um, if anyone's familiar with Edgewonk or familiar, um, similar services, what it will do is read in your trade history from BitMEX. BitMEX for the moment, um, ideally, we would like to incorporate a lot more exchanges to have one aggregated account. So if you have accounts all over the place, you can kind of manage them all in one spot. But uh, BitMEX is the first one and it's geared towards showing uh, discretionary traders primarily it could also be for systems traders but mainly for discretionary traders to show them where they could improve their trading so one big thing if anyone follows me on twitter i harp on a decent amount is trading costs because i think a lot of people just don't even appreciate their impact so shows you your net profit or loss over the period just in gross terms. So just in realized profits and losses from your trading activity, but then also shows what you're losing to funding, what you're losing towards commissions and the difference there, which can be substantial. Like I just went through my results from a cartel competition that I did and literally paid out a hundred percent of all my net profits and fees, <laughs> which was uh, a fun discovery. It was the first time I'd ever traded off the BitMEX web interface and just a whole bunch of fat fingers and everything else you can imagine. Brutal. So that would be the first part is just cost analysis. Cause that's, I think the first place you could, a lot of traders can look to, you know, help their bottom line out a little bit. And then the next would be on a trade by trade basis, looking at where you can improve. So, or just uh, diagnose your trading style or any flaws you may have. So obviously everyone looks at their strike rate, which is just a raw number, how many wins you have out of all of them, but that doesn't tell the full story. So once you get there, you can break it down into how much time you're spending in trades specifically between wins and losses. So. If you have a super high win rate, but you're spending a lot of time in your wins and not a lot in your losses or vice versa, that could tell you something. And to piggyback on that, looking at the maximal, maximum favorable and adverse excursion while you're in those positions. So 
if you have a high win rate, but your maximum adverse is version, like the amount you're losing at its worst point or the farther you're drawing down before eventually winning, if that ratio is high, it's basically saying, yes, you win a lot, but you're just sitting underwater for a long time, waiting for your PNL to go positive and then getting out for a win. And that's how you're saving your strike rate. Even though like, if you look at your intraday equity curve, you're underwater most of the time. And then finally, um, you can look at the ratio between the result of the trade and those intra trade metrics. So if you end up winning a trade, but the reward that you got is tiny compared to the amount of drawdown you took, I mean, that's obviously not ideal. Like that's not a very comfortable thing to be doing, just sitting underwater the whole time, just to scrape out a small win. And then um, on the flip side, how much you capture compared to how much you're up. So if you're in a trade, uh, it starts going your way, you get greedy, you just keep letting it run and then it retraces against you. And then you finally close out for a fraction of what you could have captured. That'll be shown as well. So I think that'll give people like a lot better picture of where they can capture more profits and anything that they're leaving on the table. So let's, uh, go ahead. I, no, I'm, I, you just, the longer this episode goes on, the more you guys are packing into what you're providing and you're, you're going to be out here making super traders and <laughs> Bitcoin and crypto is become, be, going to become a lot more efficient uh, and it's going to completely <laughs> kick me out of the market. Which Charles is, is just about to scrap fuck. this episode and keep it for himself. Yeah, dude, fuck everybody else, <laughs> right? No, but I okay. So I mean, one thing like I do want to harp on is that you guys are putting so much time and effort and work into this. Uh, you know, for me, my trading kind of got put on the back burner when I started really getting heavy on the podcast <laughs> and providing information for other people. Are you guys worried that this is going to happen with you guys at all? Um, so for me, it really benefits my trading to the point where it's kind of worth taking the extra time to work on this to eventually, uh, you know, just make myself a better trader. But it also depends on the kind of market environment we're in. Like right now, we're kind of in this bull trend and, it, you know, it's it's not really worth trying to beat buy and hold and sit here and day trade the market right now. So it kind of depends on where we're at and where price is at. But I find I have a lot of time to work on it uh, while I just stay in a position. Now, if I'm day trading all day, you know, obviously won't be able to work on it as much, but you know, I trade full time, so I don't see it uh, putting trading, you know, in the background too much, but yeah, I think it's definitely worth the, worth the time that you put into it. So. Yeah, this, this kind of benefits you guys as much as it does everybody else who's kind of using the service. Um, So we have, you know, a couple minutes left. I usually like to end with, you know, the biggest tip. Uh, So could you guys maybe give us, could one of you give us your biggest tip for the newbie traders? Um, And then the other one of you guys, can you give us, you know, a tip for some of maybe the vets that are out there? Okay. Yeah. I would say for new, new traders is try to test everything that you can, whether you're doing really extensive, you know, research and back tests isn't necessarily that important, but you can just go through, like if you're a price action trader, you have no coding experience, 
just open up an Excel sheet and literally go through, if you trade a certain pattern, find that pattern, see how it plays out and try to track like as many statistics as you can. And then once you start getting more comfortable with that, uh, I would definitely say you should learn how to code, which is what I recommended in my last interview. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can't really recommend it enough. I mean, if you look at, you know, market science and what we're doing right now, you know, Quant got me into coding. He's the one that kind of inspired me to start coding. And I mean, you can see the results right now of how beneficial, you know, statistics and Python and coding in general can really help out your trading. So I think just testing as much as you can um, is something you want to start out, you know, as soon as you possibly, as soon as you can, as soon as you start trading. Perfect. Uh, I like that you doubled down on the learning to code. I think, you know, not enough people are saying it. So I appreciate you doing that. Uh, and then Quant for some of maybe the more seasoned vets out there. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be direct market advice, um, but I think uh, I think something that's helpful is to stay humble and open-minded. I know just me personally, I don't know how many other people this affects, but the longer you're around, I think sometimes you tend to think that you know it all. Like you tend to think that you just have it all figured out and then just kind of shut out other people's opinions or thoughts or analysis or whatever else. And I think that can be dangerous. Like I think hubris is a huge killer in the market. And just talking with these guys, obviously in PDF on a daily basis, like I think that's just really helped me to stay open-minded and consider new thoughts. Um, like if I'm just super bullish on something, normally I would have a tendency to just skip past anything that looked bearish or any headlines that didn't look good or any analysis suggesting we might go down because, you know, in my mind, like I'm right. I'm, I got it all figured out, but I think that's really harmful. So no, that's people who've been around. I think that could happen and just to keep an open mind. Love it. I, I think that's, you know, the best advice you can offer some of them. There's almost some people I want to call out, but I won't because I'm trying to be a professional on this show. Uh, but okay, we have one minute left. I know we talked about it in the DMs, uh, but you guys are offering a discount to all of the people listening to this show. It's a 20% discount, if I remember correctly, um, with the code crypto. I believe it's underscore. underscore entrepreneurs. There we go. Okay. So for anyone listening, head on over. You can get a 20% discount. Uh, feel free to reach out to any of us if you have any more questions. I know I'm kind of wrapping this up very quickly, but we are about to get kicked. So thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you sitting down, walking us through these reports. I'm pissed that you're going to make better traders and I'm going to get edged <laughs> out of the market. Uh, hey, you can always get a subscription, Charles. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you're selling me. I'm your first customer. All, All right. right. Again, yeah, we really guys. appreciate letting us come on and talk about money. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. It's a blast. I, I love talking to you guys. You're, you're way above me in uh, skill <laughs> level. All right. That wraps up another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I just want to take a quick second to remind you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. And we look forward to seeing you next episode.